the glory of the protagonist is always paid for by a lot of secondary characters. Tony Hoagland. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots. I'm Lee Hull. And I'm Lee Esses. Just a real quick plug before we get into the episode. Don't forget us on Patreon. If you like our podcast, if you like to listen to us, go to patreon.com, look for Writing Roots podcast, and support us. If not, just telling people about the podcast helps support us. So now that we're done with a little bit of narcissistic plugging, let's get into the episode. Yay. Well, maybe this is just us sharing the spotlight. Yes, we are sharing the spotlight with you, our wonderful listeners, because that's what this episode is about, sharing the spotlight with your secondary characters. The reason why we threw this in the Trick of the Trade collection is often if something feels out of character, it's probably the wrong character that does it. You can either change the character that's doing it or change the character of the person who's doing it. By that, I mean, yes, your main character can suddenly have skills in this regard, but you're going to have to fix that in editing. Or you can say, hey, my best friend has skills in this regard. Let's bring the mechanical engineer in. So we're going to talk about your secondary characters that don't go through a lot of changes, but still need a little bit of glory at the end of your book. Because really, contrary to our opener, they don't just exist to jazz hands your main character. There's more to them than that. Your secondary characters are doing a lot of the work. I do like that quote at the beginning because the wonderful outcome of the protagonist is usually impossible without the work of all of your secondary characters. That being said, make sure all of your secondary characters is a fairly small cast. Having a gigantic cast makes it very difficult to keep track of, especially if characters' names begin and end with the same letters as each other and there's no correlation between them. Wait, is that the same person or not? If you aren't quite following why I'm saying this, go read some of the Lord of the Rings or some of the Game of Thrones series. Love Tolkien, but my oh my is it hard to track all of the characters that get brought up. So, One way that you can keep your cast small is by using the Pixar rule of combining characters whenever possible. If you can have one character that does a couple of different things, it is better than having a couple of different characters to do one thing. And the key here is whenever possible. Again, we don't want it to be just a single character for the entire time. Because your secondary characters will make up for all of the faults that your primary character has. Even Iron Man needed Captain America. Yes, he was physically attractive. He was super smart. But he needed the power. He needed the moral core that a lot of other characters brought. Because he would go off the rails often. When it comes to sequels... It is okay to expand your cast. If you have a sequel, you still need to apply the same rule that we've given you for your first books, and that is you do not introduce a new secondary character after the first act. Tertiary characters that are not named, that's fine, but secondary characters that are going to be relevant to the plot need to be there in the first act. 
Otherwise, you end up running into this deus ex machina thing where, oh, convenient, the king comes in and saves the day. We meet this new person who suddenly matters. Where did they come from? Doesn't work. So there are lots of examples that you can look to for a secondary character that comes to the rescue and then gets a lot of the fan attention because they're so lovable. As I remember in the Harry Potter series, in the fourth book, Harry is trying to figure out this banshee wailing egg thing. And then Cedric Diggory, who's just sort of popped up here and there, says, hey, open it underwater. We get to see a little bit more about the dignity that is Cedric Diggory. But also Harry would have failed if not for this secondary coming in and helping him out. So in the whole beginning of the book, you're not seeing Cedric in a very good light, which will end with us not really caring that he dies at the end of the book. But this moment where Cedric goes and says, hey, open the egg underwater, makes us say, oh, he's actually not that bad of a guy. And we see other little bits down the line of how he's been helpful, how he is good. And we come to like him just in time for him to die. Merry and Pippin in the Lord of the Rings books also have a little bit of this. They get to be on the battlefield, come to the rescue by the end of the book, and make a difference in the fate of the world. A fun example of this one is in Star Wars, the original trilogy. You've got Han and Luke who go to rescue the princess and absolutely fail at it. So she goes, fine, I'll rescue myself. Come on. So while the main character is technically Luke, she's that secondary character that leads them to getting out, to being rescued, to continuing to live. So one tool that you can use to really share the spotlight is by using multiple point of views. It gives us a change of pace. It gives us a different perspective. And it really helps us get to know those more secondary characters. This is used really well in the Stormlight Archive series by Brandon Sanderson. This not only gives you an idea of the character's voice separate from the author's voice, but it allows you to see a different perspective on the whole situation. Because let's be real, if we had the Harry Potter series But from Hermione's point of view, we would be understanding a whole lot more about how the world worked. Harry was kind of dense and kind of blind. So when I feel like I'm getting stuck in a particular scene, I will just hop to somebody else's point of view. Go, okay, what does their world look like right now? What things can happen to them that would impact the plot line and still be interesting? And even if you don't write from multiple point of views, you should know what the scene looks like from their point of view so you can build it in the subtext. You can have your main character notice a look, a shifting of stance that tells you what that other character is thinking, what they're seeing without having to describe it from their point of view. One of the primary purposes for having secondary characters is to have them cover for your main character's weaknesses and still move the plot forward. So yes, your main character should be good at a handful of things. I tend to decide what my character is bad at before I decide what they're good at. Because 
the other characters and their skill sets depend on what my main character is bad at. When your main character has weaknesses, it validates the existence of secondary characters because they fill a void of some kind. And if your characters aren't filling a void, why are they there? Of course, it's really hard to have a yes but without having other characters going on. You can have some kind of costs, but the main cost that's imposed tends to be reliant on another character in some way. When you as the author understand that character's purpose in the story, it can help you understand their motivation for supporting the good guy. And I think it helps make the ending of the story believable because you've built up this villain, you've built up this problem that needs to be solved in this massive, epic, scary way. If your main character doesn't need any of the secondary characters, if they don't share the spotlight in some way, it's a why did he get defeated in the first place kind of feeling. So any of your endings, if they fall flat, if they don't feel believable, make sure your secondary characters are sharing that spotlight. Sharing the spotlight with your secondary characters is a good way to reinvest in the story and really highlight your characters, all of them. Storytelling is about stretching the characters to their limits, to their breaking points, and sometimes just beyond. And you need those secondary characters to pull your main character back from the edge and support them and give them the strength that they need to finish the fight. Frodo wouldn't have gotten far without Sam. Frodo wouldn't have been human on the other side. He would have ended up like Smeagol. One of the quotes that we found and didn't end up using for this episode was that a lot of secondary characters think they're the main characters in the story. Write your secondary characters like they are a main character of their own story, because they are. No, you don't need to highlight them like your main character, because they aren't the main character of the book, but they have real feelings. They have real emotions, skills, failures, weaknesses. You as the author need to make sure that your main character is sharing the spotlight. Because how would you feel if you were supporting this main character and you didn't get the credit you deserve? So don't forget about your secondary characters. Write their heroic moments. Write their glorious moments where they deserve just a bit of that spotlight to recognize them for what they've done, for where they've taken your main character. And that starts with writing selfishly. If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots at aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing. 